Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, peeps, we are discussing Lovely Writer Episode 6. And although I have been complaining incessantly and with lengthy diatribes on this podcast about how I absolutely detest the series so far, I have to say Episode 5 and Episode 6 have been infinitely better than their predecessors, which were kind of in the nadir of despair for Anna for this whole series, which I was really looking forward to this spring, but thank goodness We Best Love came out, and now I'm not nearly as depressed about this whole situation or a thousand stars. Okay, moving on. This episode is about Jean and Nubsib. Jean and Nubsib are able to talk and discuss things much more easily now. Jean's kind of gotten into a rhythm with his life. And I don't mean it weird. There is so much about Gene that I really don't like from the NC-17 scenes that he writes to just the way that he approaches difficulty. But there is still parts of Gene that I go, oh my blank, this is so me at times. From him trying to divvy out the, you know, the groceries so that it's, this is Nubsibs, this is Jeans, this is Nubsibs, this is Jeans. And, you know, it is so funny because I'm going, that is so me. Because I don't mean it, I lived with Bob for 20 some years. And I would constantly make sure that everything was equally distributed between us both because my goodness, I'm an oldest, I don't know. And she too was 10 years younger than me, which technically, according to psychology, made her an oldest and she would do the same thing. And we both drive each other nuts trying to divvy everything up in order, half and half. But anyway, <laughs> um, the thing that I really liked about this episode is Gene decides to go back and visit his family for a couple of days. He leaves Nubsib at the apartment Um, He also goes to the film set and he meets the basically third cast member of the series who sits down at a coffee shop near where they're filming. And he's the one who in the previous episode had this really strange, I don't know what you call it, romantic moment with I.A. And you're sitting there going, I really don't know what's going on there, to be quite honest. But you know what? Okay, moving on. But he sits down with Gene and he says, Gene, A is not an okay person. A could cause you trouble. So just kind of be on the lookout and realize that he is, you know, a pretty broken individual that can be harmful to other people. And this person has known A since they were kids. And he knows that he will lash out when he is thwarted and A is really thwarted in life. I think the last episode really showed why he became the way he became, but I think that even before he broke up with time, there were some major um, social interaction issues, if you will, with A, and it hasn't gotten better. And so Gene is kind of aware now that this needs to be something he needs to be careful about. And also, Nubsib had to talk with A last episode that basically said, quit bothering Gene. If you bother Gene, I will deal with it. And you know, the thing I think is funny about Nubsib is he kind of appears to be this um, nice, um, restrained human being that's very acquiescent to everyone around him. But then he goes and he talks to Tomb. And he's like, Tomb's like, you shouldn't be taking so many pictures of Gene on your phone because people are now trying to ship you to instead of the couple in the film. And Nubsib's like, well, Gene's cute. Gene is 
who I like, and I'm going to put him on my social media feed if I want to. And Tomb's like, you know, you're always this way with me, but you're never this way with other people. And it is so funny to watch in the beginning of this episode. As the episode progresses, Gene does decide to go visit his mom, and he goes across the street basically to go visit his neighbor's house, where there was a boy who was about his age, who he grew up with, and that boy says, you know, why don't you come to dinner and um, why don't you invite me to dinner and a couple of my friends so we can get together and chat since you're here for a couple of days. And he also goes to visit that kid's mom because they literally grew up right across the street from each other. And Gene hasn't been home in a while because he's busy with his work. And he goes over across the street and he looks at this these pictures as he's waiting for the person's mom to come in to visit with him. And he realizes that the younger brother of the kid, Gene is 26 years old. I had him being 28. I don't know why. I think they said he was 28 in an early episode, but I guess he's 26. Um, Nubsib is 20, so there's six years age difference. But he's looking at these pictures and he realizes that the kid brother of his friend, who he used to always hang out with, take care of, you know, um, visit with when he was a kid. I mean, nothing, nothing romantical at that point. It was all, you know, just playing around and having fun as kids. He realizes that little kid is Nubsib. And he doesn't really quite know what to do with it. Um, Nubsib's mom comes in and says, oh, that's Nubsib now. He came back from a couple, from a few years abroad. And now he's in acting. And he decided since his father wasn't supportive of acting and I was, he'd just go by his, by my maiden name instead of his dad's name in the acting world. And now he's got his own place that he's living at a condo and he's independent. And Gene's like, oh my goodness, this is the, um, little kid that used to kind of trail me around when we were growing up. And I had no idea that this was the little kid who used to trail me around when I was growing up. And he gets really, really angry. He leaves home early after saying goodbye to his, um, the neighbor across the street, who's Nubsib's mom. And he goes back to the apartment. He basically pulls over to the side of the road before he gets to the apartment and starts bawling his alley up because he feels he's been betrayed. And I don't really, you know, it's really human to sit there and think the worst of people in this situation, but I don't think that this point that if you sit there and dealt with this rationally without emotions and, you know, possible romantic interest involved, you probably wouldn't be angry at Nubsib. But Gene is very angry. He feels like he's been betrayed. He feels like Nubsib is trying to make a joke out of him because he didn't tell him that he was the kid who trailed around him when he was little. And this makes Gene very upset. He goes back to the apartment, tells Nubsib he wants him to leave and that he wants him to pack his stuff and get out of there the next morning and not show back up because he is mad at him because he didn't, he lied to him. Now, I, I will say at this point, Gene is very, very, very upset, hormonal imbalance maybe. And Nubsib never lied to him. He just never told him that he was the Nubsib that he grew up with. So that would be, you know, maybe a lie of omission, but not really a lie. And through this whole period, as Gene is completely losing it, Nubsib saying they're going, Gene, will you at least listen to what I have to say before you you know, get all upset. Let's just talk about this for a moment. And, you know, Gene doesn't go in, or Nubsip doesn't go into 
what is he going to say to calm Jean down? He never gets that far because Jean gets upset. Nebsub kind of clams up because he doesn't know how to deal with the conflict of Jean being so upset. And then Jean marches off to his room, grabs a duffel of stuff and leaves, and I think goes and lives in his um, country house and leaves Nubsib in the apartment. And this is kind of where the episode closes. I thought this was a very interesting episode because it shows how some people deal with conflict in difficult situations. I mean, a lot of people would look at Nubsib and say, why didn't he just tell Jean what he wanted to tell him instead of climbing up? But honestly... A lot of times it's not that easy in conflict. Sometimes you're sitting there going, you know, no matter what you say in this situation, the person is still going to be mad and they're not going to be able to hear you. And it's not because they're a bad person, you're a bad person. It's simply tempers have flared. And until everyone's able to calm down a little bit, there's no point in trying to repair the wound because it's too fresh. And, you know, I think the main thing with Jean is he suffers from a major unworthiness complex. I mean, massive proportions, peep, of total, total not feeling like he's capable of being an okay humanoid. I'm not sure why Gene feels this way about himself. It's it's kind of sad, in my opinion. It's the one thing that I, I do kind of feel bad about him for, because he doesn't feel that he's good enough. He doesn't feel he's capable of writing the novels that he really wants to write. He feels like he has to do everything the publishing company wants him to do. And he feels, you know, like he's kind of a bit of a failure. And I will say, you know, the novels that he writes would be something that I would consider kind of an epic failure. But it doesn't mean that he's a failure as a person. It just means he writes other trope. But anyway, but I think this was a really good episode because it shows both Nubsib and Jean. And it also gives you a bit of a backstory on why Nubsid is, I mean, no offense, Nubsid is a very focused individual. It's kind of like he has narrowed things down and he's like, Jean is the one I'm going to be with. I'm not going to be with anyone else. Take that world. I really don't care. And, you know, it's very rare to find people that are like that in the world. It's like, you know, most people, they are okay as long as there was somebody who, you know, is halfway okay. But some people, it's like, there's only one person in the world that will do, and that is the one person. It's like the It's You by Henry. And I think this is one of those series is that, you know, I honestly can say this is my least, one of my least favorite BLs in the entire universe. But I do really like seeing the person who played Korn in, in Toe Meet Again in this kind of role because it was interesting to see him as a more likable character. And also someone who's naive, but also has a bit of wisdom that is unexpected sometimes, especially with how he deals with Gene and various issues. Like Gene, when he was drunk the one night that he almost did something stupid, and Nubs was like, no, we're not going to do something stupid, Gene. It's okay. You're going to calm down. You're not going to be confused. It'll be fine. And, you know, there's such care in Nubsib in many different ways that is quiet, but all-encompassing, if that makes sense. And I'm going to be kind of curious to see how that works out as this series progresses. We are on episode six. There's typically usually around nine to 13 episodes per BL series. I don't know how many this one has because honestly, I've kind of quit following it because it annoys me, but I do watch it every Wednesday just to see if it's going to get better. But, you know, 
that's what I do like about this series. I will say, you know, there is a link I'm going to drop in the description here for someone who did put in something on, you know, what this series is doing to the BL industry. And I have to say, I kind of agree because, you know, Anna doesn't review BL books and there's a reason for that because of those NC-17 scenes, which I'm like, you know, no, no, no. But I will say a lot of the series that I watch don't have those things, really, no offense. And um, I don't know if they just omit them from the um, film productions. Maybe that's it, because I wouldn't watch them if they did have that. So I'm really grateful they don't. But, you know, I think this really does shed light on some difficulties that surround the BLL film industry, especially in Thailand and Taiwan. And also, as they pointed out in the video, and this is really not really about BL, this is about film in general. I really don't like how in some film productions, whether you're talking about rom-coms, whether you're talking about BLs, people will get drunk and do something stupid with their life that they would not do when they're not intoxicated. And then you will have a sober person that is involved with that situation who knows full well what they're doing and they are taking advantage of the other party. And to me, this is this is inexcusable behavior. This is something that should never be done to anyone because if you can't be sober and sensible, then you shouldn't be doing anything with anyone else. And it's very wrong for people to take advantage of someone in that situation. I think the one thing that I really liked about this production is that when Jean got extremely drunk, extremely intoxicated, almost to something extremely stupid, this production did something very different than most productions would be. And I'm not saying that because it's a BL production, because honestly, in the rom-coms, they do the same thing. And Anna doesn't like either one. I think the most recent example would, as you may have noticed, I'm not reviewing history. Um, is it history four close to you? That There's a lot of reasons why Anna's not reviewing that series, because quite frankly, I, I do stay abreast of that series because it is extremely popular right now. And I do try to stay abreast of what's going on with BL drama, especially Taiwanese, because as you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for Taiwanese and Thai drama. It's just, yeah. And some from South Korea. I, I haven't really watched very much Chinese drama, so that one's out until Anna knows more. And also J-drama, just don't really watch a lot of that yet. But the reason is, is I think History 4 is not... History 4 is kind of a total and utter travesty because it's, number one, so full of cliches, it's really quite pathetic. Number two, it's showing abuse or what I would call, at the very least, hoodwinking of massive proportions to be acceptable behavior, which Anna will never think is acceptable behavior. I mean... No offense, it's just certain things are not acceptable behavior. And I do not have a problem with this production because the two characters that end up together are were raised together. One was adopted but didn't take the family name and the other wasn't. I, that is not why Anna has a problem with because there is no blood relation there. So that's not really an issue at all. And so 
But I do have a problem with massive hoodwinking. I don't think anyone should be hoodwinked. And if you do hoodwink someone, I don't think you deserve to be with that other person because you've hoodwinked them in a very abominable fashion. But it's kind of like in Love by Chance and Love by Chance 2 with um, Cow and Techno, I believe, the difficulties of their relationship because Techno was absolutely hoodwinked. Techno was absolutely lied to and abused in ways that just shouldn't have hurt Techno. And, you know, Cal might say that he loves him or is infatuated with him, but let's face it, that's not it at all. Or you wouldn't do something like that to someone that you care about because it's just plain wrong. And I'm sorry, I'm going to try to get off my situational soapbox there. But honestly... I do have to say this episode was much, much better, and I will drop a link in the description to what this series is doing to cast shade on certain parts of the BL industry, which I think it's just about high time that we did, and honestly, no offense, everything that they're discussing here, I think that we do need to cast shade on. We do need to cast shade on the fact that we do not need to be having people be drunk and one party sober doing things that they should not be doing. Now, I will say some people might sit here and go, well, in We Best Love, this situation happened. Actually, I do not think this is the same kind of situation at all as the situation in We Best Love, because honestly, on both Gaoshidi and she... Shui. On We Best Love, yeah, Gao Shidi was drunk, but I will say uh, he probably would have been behaving that way even if he hadn't have been drunk, if he'd have had the chance and knew Zhao Shui's walls were not up, and so would have Zhao Shui if his walls had been down. So I don't think in that situation it's the same situation, although, of course, it would have been better if Gao Shidi had not been intoxicated when he went with those midnight snacks. But still, this is not the same situation as we're talking about in Close to You or um, what's the other one? Love by Chance and Love by Chance too. I still think people should never be intoxicated when they're trying to relate to their significant others in romantical ways. But I'm just saying I do not consider this the same situation because honestly, nobody's really hoodwinking anyone in this situation. But in the others, yeah, total, total, total hoodwink. And maybe it's just because Anna has differing degrees of judgment on certain subjects. But anyway, also, if you haven't seen We Best Love Peeps, the fifth episode comes out this weekend. I'm just telling you, Friday, it's coming out on Tencent Video WeTV. Definitely check it out. I think this is the second to the last episode. We might be getting a surprise finale episode like we did in the first season. And I've heard they're making a third season. And I'm just saying, that's going to and they also just released an amazing music video that you can watch on the bonus features on Tencent Video WeTV app and also on you, on their um, website that basically includes clips of Gao Shidi and Zhao Shui and their interesting coupling. And so if you want to check that out, definitely do. But that is my review of Lovely Writer Episode 5, and I will drop that YouTube video in the chat, or not in the chat, in the description box as well. Oh. One final thing. The other thing this video brought to light, um, the YouTube video on Lovely Rider, is the fact that most people that are in BL drama are typically straight actors. If there is an actor who does come out as gay, they are often despised in the industry and not really allowed to continue in their work with similar parts. 
Um, this has happened several times with several of the Thai actors. They have come out as gay. And also is, except the only exception really is Fluke Natach. Um, he is gay, but he has not been, well, I'm sure he has been cut out of roles, but not to the extent of other actors that are mentioned in this um, video that I think it was BL World put out on the channel. But anyway, but it is quite a travesty. I, mean, I guess that people despise them because they're gay and in gay drama. And I'm going, this is kind of weird. I don't know. I'm just saying, I think it might have something to do with the correlation between the fangirls are a little depressed that they can't envision themselves with that person anymore, which I'm going, that's very distressing anyway, because quite frankly, I've never understood the fangirl thing. And even if that person was going to be with someone and was not gay, that person would very highly unlikely be you <laughs> as a fangirl. I'm just saying it's like the odds are not in your favor on that one. So, but honestly, I don't know. Statistics have always been fascinating to me and odds. So anyway, but moving on. But that is my review of Lovely Writer episode six. Check it at the round table. Oh, final addendum, Tiffy and Tomb. They have this moment where Tiffy and Tomb are at the set and Tomb cannot get his car started. He's been fighting it and he's trying to figure out what to do and he doesn't have a clue about cars. And Tiffy comes over, fixes his car very easily. And then they have this little talk where he finds out that Tiffy's mom just died and that's why she couldn't come to the set. And his her mom and her were estranged because Tiffy moved to Bangkok because Tiffy had been dating a girl at one point and her mom didn't approve of this. Tiffy had been raised in an all-girls school and Tiffy just said, you know, I like that person and that's who I was with for a while. And I knew that bothered my mom, so I moved to Bangkok and now my mom's gone. And I really liked this scene on many different levels because Tiffy says in this scene when she's talking to Tomb says, Tomb says, well, what do you like in a person? Do you, basically, he's trying to think, do I have a chance with this woman who drives a motorcycle and wears cool helmets and knows how to fix cars? Possibly, possibly have a chance. <laughs> because he's like, you know, it'd be really nice to have someone who could fix a car and ride a motorbike like that. But in the end, Tiffy says, you know, I'm happy with someone who I'm happy with. That's who I care about. And, you know, Tomb looks there and goes, I see, yes. But I think this was a neat moment for both Tomb and Tiffy because I think in modern society, people sit there and a lot of people would have shrink back from Tiffy and go, oh, I can't date her because she's dated a girl. And I don't know why this is this way in society. But honestly, I loved how Tomb just sat there with her and said, I'm sorry your mom died. I'm sorry this situation happened to you that you felt you couldn't go home or had to leave your home. And at the end of the day, I really liked how their relationship really didn't change at all, except they gained a better understanding at one another. Because in the end, it's not about building walls. It's about building bridges for anything, whether you're talking about romantic relationships, whether you're talking about friendships, because the more that we can understand people, the more we can relate to them and the better our world is. And so I really, really did like this scene with Tiffy. 
and tomb. And I think it also showed the really cool spirit of both of these characters. Tomb is kind of an interesting character, you know. I don't know. He's just a strange guy. I don't know. But I think they're a neat coupling. And I really liked how in this series, again, we do have a woman shown who is not a toxic typical BL drama female because that's the one thing that Anna does not like about a lot of the BLs is that we have a lot of toxic women in them but this one again doesn't have that also history two right or wrong has a really cool best friend in Yezi and Yo-Yo as a little girl but we don't really see that very much in BL drama. Also, we best love the girl that Zhao Shui wanted to be with. She's a pretty cool person as well. And so I'm really glad to see some of these cool, strong female characters show up in BL drama. And I really liked how they handled the situation with Tiffy trying to deal with, you know, the fact that she and her mom were estranged. Now her mom is dead. There's nothing that they can do to go back. And how do they deal with that? How do they deal with that issue? And also how Toom sits there and goes, she liked a girl. So what? I could maybe end up with a woman who can fix a car and ride a motorcycle pole. And, you know, I don't mean it weird, but that's a very unusual person in today's day and age. I know we say we live in a mod- in modernity, and that kind of thing doesn't change people's opinions of others. But let's face it, that's not true at all. And people judge others so harshly sometimes. It's really quite, quite depressing. And it's neat to see when people don't judge others harshly, when people actually see the people as a person rather than a box that they have to fit into, you know, this person is this way, so we're going to put them in this part of the area, or this person is this way, we're going to set them in this. It's like the one thing I wish we didn't have about BL drama is that we just had drama. We didn't call it BL, we didn't call it rom-com, we didn't call it, you know, historical drama, we got to keep historical because let's face it, it's historical drama. But anyway, And with that is my end of Lovely Writer episode six, peeps. But check it at the round table. Bye.